Blog Talk Radio. We're
with my coffee. I hope everybody is having a fantastic Saturday afternoon. I know I am excited by the show. I'm having a great day. Uh, and the world is, you know, revolving around the sun. So there are those I heard that disagree, I'm trying to figure that one out. But, hey, great to hear. I'm in Dallas, Texas today. I'm at a journalism conference. So <laughs> I hope that my – I mean, it's okay. It's not a big one. It's a regional one for one of the organizations that I belong to. And, of course, you know, in our present journalistic state, in at least in this country, uh, that might drive someone to cynicism, but not me. You know, why I'm not a cynical guy. I mean, I think all my listeners probably know that, right? Anyway, sorry to fib. So, really excited about the show, of course. It's not every show that I have somebody come on the caliber of Mr. Steve Hackett, who anybody who's been paying attention and who's older than five knows that he's one of the great rock legends, rock guitarists of all time. Of course, we got to know him from Genesis, of course, and he's had a phenomenal career, and he is getting ready to release a new album, and we'll get into all of the reasons why this album is phenomenal, and and it's not just musically, so you, you get to add the enhancements to it, and of course, I'm going to spend the first few minutes doing what I do and rant a little bit. On the current events of the world, I haven't been on in a minute. You know, I've been on. I've been on. I went on vacation. As you can imagine that twice, actually. I, I actually, well, I went on vacation once, and I kind of did something personal another time. And in between that, I was at the Students for Liberty conference in Washington D.C., and I was somewhere else, which of course obviously didn't impact me as much because I can't remember it at the moment. And of course, anytime I go to D.C., I have to spend a lot of time in. But you know, it, it and actually, it's been interesting. You know, since last time I was on, there's been a you know a few developments. You know, obviously we have the what our wonderful media, my fellow, our allegedly fellow journalists, call the travel ban, the Muslim tra- travel ban. I don't like to call it that. Uh, it is it is fairly accurate in the sense of bigotry, of course, and Islamophobia, uh, which you know we love to promote in this country. We like to promote phobias in this country. It doesn't matter what kind, uh, Islamophobia just happens to be the latest one, you know, it, 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 we've done it against pretty much every ethnicity out there in the world, if you look at our history, and it's pretty much word for word the same thing, except now with our social media and the internet, it's basically pounded on us in our 24-hour news stations that we flip the channels on, we kind of get pounded on, but anyway, so when the executive order from our present president was released, uh, there was challenges that were done by some very good attorneys. And and one of the things I want to highlight about what happened that is important and isn't really discussed a lot from the standpoint of media reports that I've seen is the, one of the reasons why they were successful those eight times, or it might have been nine with the Ninth Circuit's second ruling coming out, I think it might be nine, one of the reasons why they were so successful in their attacks wasn't so much about the executive power 
making rules constitutionally about protecting the nation. It was about what was happening inside our country at these airports. They were detaining people. And, you know, there were particularly, there was there were reports that were put out, and as, as, as you, those who listen to the show frequently know that I'm a member of the American Bar Association uh, and the International Bar Association. So what was coming through the email streams and the publications within those organizations particularly by the lawyers that were involved because, of course, when, when lawyers are involved in these major events, they will write uh, and their committees, whatever committee they happen to be sitting on, in this particular case, uh, one of them was criminal justice and, of course, the other one was immigration and another one was pro bono. When, when they put out the, the what was happening, the story of what was happening and what courts they were in and what they filed, they were doing it about the detention, at least in most part. Uh, and this is why the the at the initially with six judges and a magistrate, so a total of seven federal district courts, that ruled against the travel ban. You know, as I mentioned, that's what they're calling it. So we'll call it for the purpose of discussion and a restraining order nationwide. And and actually they covered it. and mind you this is really important because it was you know it was great to see a challenge on the type of detention that was doing and one of the aspects that was going on is when the attorneys went down to customs at the airport they were being refused to talk to the people who were being detained so th- this is important for a lot of reasons I mean when you're detained you are entitled to counsel. You are entitled to communicate with counsel. You are entitled to due process. No matter what the reason is, I could care less. This is a constitutional issue. Whether I agree with the reason that they're being held or not is irrelevant. The the process is what's relevant. And so they they weren't being allowed to see them, and they were asking to see supervisors, and they weren't allowed even to talk to supervisors, et cetera, et cetera. So this is, needs to be talked about because of as everybody knows who pays attention constitutionally and listens to this show over the years, we are wonderful, illustrious elected officials in the Congress and in, in our last president enacted a law that allowed for the indefinite detention of anybody anywhere under the authority of the U.S. military and the executive office worldwide. And when they, <clears throat> when they indefinitely detain someone, under this law, for example, which wasn't being used. I don't want to say it was being used, but it's relevant because it shows how it could be because of the lack of access to get to the detained person. Is that they're not, statutorily, they're not entitled to talk to or have an attorney. They're not entitled to talk to or see or be brought before a judge. They are not entitled to or be considered for a bail that's a law that's on the books today, right now, since it was, it was enacted in 2011, signed into law in 2012. It's the indefinite detention of the National Defense Authorization Act. And then the National Defense Authorization Act gets reenacted every year, and they've never taken these provisions out of it, so they just redo it every year. The, the NDAA normally was, well, the normal use of it. It was created basically for cost of living raises and to deal with monetary issues uh, and other minor issues that involve the military. And they, of course, the way Congress acts, and of course the way the president does too, because presidents have to sign these things, the way Congress acts, they just add things to laws that they, 
you know, they, they sit they must sit there and get creative or their staff does. And they add things to these laws like the indefinite detention provision. They add stuff about Native American lands recently. This past year they added on a propaganda ministry type thing, ministry of truth, I believe is what Eleanor Goldfield called it. So, you know, these things are, are concerning, you know, unless you like tyranny. I happen not to. I don't believe it's constitutional, and I certainly don't believe it has anything to do with liberty. You know, but tyranny, of course, is something that's been going on in the world, not just in this country, but in the world for a long time. And, you know, people in power like to continue tyranny. You know, we deal with it in prohibition of cannabis extensively, the drug war extensively. We deal with it relative to this executive order involving traveling in the seven, now six countries that have this list. You know, I, I just saw my colleague and, and the editor-founder of Anti-Media, Nicholas Barnaby, just posted something this morning that I caught. And it, and it's, it's, it's interesting because of the, the reason for the show, having Steve on, he's an artist, he lives in England, you know, he, he travels the world, he travels the United States, has been coming here since the 60s, of course. And this band called Soviet Soviet came to this country. They weren't from Russia. But they came, they come from Italy, actually. They're called Soviet Soviet. And they were coming to this country to do some promotional tour, of, uh, some promotional appearances. This was being reported by NPR this morning. You can look it up. So Nick happened to post this story in Facebook this morning, and I, and I read it, and I took the, the post from the band that they put on their Facebook page, and I put it on my Facebook page, which is I Take Liberty With My Coffee. And if you go there and read it, what happened to them? They came to this country. They, they were coming. They came with all the proper paperwork that was given to them. They weren't here to work because they weren't getting paid. They were just doing personal appearances. And three of them were detained and put in jail and sent back to Italy because they were told they needed to have a work visa because the we'll call them idiots, uneducated is really the right word, doesn't understand the law, border person, TSA agent, customs person that dealt with them, looked at the website that they were going to and it determined that they were getting paid and they weren't claiming it properly and they had the wrong paperwork. Ludicrous. And so these people who had the right paperwork, who weren't criminals, they weren't on any kind of banned list, you know, and, and listen, we've been doing customs in this country forever and, and there's no reason why we suddenly don't know how to do it anymore, regardless of this extra order. They were put in detention. They were put in jail overnight, and they were brought. They were, all their stuff was taken, actually, when they get put in jail. You know, they were handcuffed. They were fingerprinted. They got mug shots. These people weren't even charged with a crime. And they were put on a plane the next day and sent back to Italy. I'm like, what in the world is going on in the United States of America? Of course, if you pay attention, you know what's going on. Things like this. You know, so apparently now, because this is, this has been, they've been talking, like the World Cup has been talking about this. Other sporting events have been talking about what's going on and, and whether or not people will be going to be able to participate properly in this country, what, you know, trying to figure out the extra things. Because, of course, like in sporting events, like in music events, people come from all over the world. And this wasn't the first time there was an issue with a music event as well, either. So these are the type of things that have happened that our elected officials are doing. And, and mind you, you know, I, I, I again, 
people who have listened to the show for a long time. I'm not the party guy. I'm not the party guy. I'm anti-party. They're corrupt. And I don't just mean the two major ones either, but they lead the way in corruption and lunacy. You know, Donald Trump is a piece of work. The issue that I have held by this office that has been handed to him by the last president, that was handed to him by the president before him, and it's been handed to him by the president before him, and so on, you get the idea. So if you think, let's say for the sake of the discussion, that the president of the United States that presently sits in the office, Donald Trump, is someone who is unbalanced or is out of his mind or doesn't care about human rights, let's just say, which are some of the things that are being passed around. And I'm not saying whether I agree with them or not. I'm saying that's the discussion that we're having. Well, the power existed before he got there to do what he did. I mean, Obama's the one who signed the indefinite detention provision. For him, is the one that signed into law the Patriot Act. Jimmy Carter was the one that signed in the FISA regulation. Ronald Reagan is the one that expanded and removed the Fairness Doctrine and expanded the power of the military that was already insanely powerful that, that Eisenhower warned us of. Except, you know, the drone warfare that has been, that's been going on for, I don't know what, two decades at least, was, you know, I mean, Obama ran on, one of the issues that he ran on was to stop drone warfare, and he expanded it, and now if we're to look at the statistics already, that it's expanded. It's, if you take the average over the president, it's going to be expanded by another 400%. I mean, that just makes me warm and fuzzy. So it's about the power that these people have that they're able to use because, of course, they're not paying attention to what people want from them and what the Constitution says they're supposed to be doing. They're just not paying attention. And this has been going on for quite a while. It's nothing new. It is a little bit more polarized, there's no doubt. I mean, one of the reasons why I'm sure Steve will talk about here coming up is, you know, he, he and he's been quoted about this before and how negative the world seems right now because of things like this. And, of course, the tyranny is not only in the United States. So I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that, what was going on, because, of course, it's important. It's not, you know, as, as a journalist, uh, my role is supposed to be to report. You know, I've been having some interesting discussions about that both here at this conference and, and I always have them anyway. You know, reporting by definition is not opinionated. You know, and, and what was interesting recently on, on the show, A Cup of Joe, and I don't watch one second of television news, not one second of any day. I will pick up stories. And I, I do a lot of reading and I'll pick up stories, uh, you know, through the Internet, through my through my email blast that I get, through through the the media releases that I see and social media and, and the networks that I'm in and, you know, the editorial rooms that I sit in that we pass stories around what to write about. And, you know, that on a cup of Joe, they actually came out and said, the woman who's on that, whose name I don't even know because I don't care. You know, she, she came out and said, you know, live television. Well, it's not the president's job to, to tell people how to think. It's our job to tell people that. I'm sorry, but it's not our job. That's not how this works. We're supposed to report by definition. That's what we're supposed to do, period. That's all we're supposed to do. You're supposed to 
anybody who reads our stuff, whoever you are, or listens to me talk or anything, and obviously on a, on a, on a radio show like this, I'm going to have opinions, of course. This is a different type of form. I, I, don't, I don't sit here and go, okay, here's the news flashes of the day, and, and, you know, and then do that. This is more of a, I don't know, Rush Limbaugh format without the insanity, I suppose. And that's not a partisan thing. That's a Rush Limbaugh thing, the man's thing. Anyway, so we're supposed to report to you when we write, when we do our stories, you know, the Edward R. Murrow approach. You know, we're not supposed to tell you how to think. But anybody who's been paying attention, of course, they know that the media has pretty much been spending the last, uh, I don't know, when, well, the 24-hour news cycle, CNN, and launched right around Reagan's inauguration, which will give you an idea how long 24-hour news has been going on. But it's shifted to this opinionated stuff. You turn on any of them, which is why I don't, why, one of the reasons why I don't anymore. And the first thing they want to do is have this so-called expert tell you how to think. They don't, and, and of course, this narrows the amount of actual news that they're telling you and the stories that they do it. And, you know, and, and they talk about, well, what distracted story did they give us today? Well, they don't even take enough time in what they do to talk about the news. So it isn't even about the distracted story. They're more interested in telling you how to think than they are to tell you, fill their hour in with news and, you know, have an editorial comments on whatever happens to be important that day or whatever. But all they do is they have these little discussions, you know, you turn on whatever thing, and I got three people on the screen and they, you know, uh, you know, Mo, Larry, and Curly, or whatever the women equivalent names would be, and they're going to sit there and they're going to spew, 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 spew about, you know, they're going to argue or they're going to give an opinion or they're going to tell you how to think. or all this stuff. And it's, it's absolutely insane. This is one of the reasons why we're so divided, because you know, people gravitate to whatever their situation is and whatever the opinion is that they happen to like, and, and they rock and roll, and we have forgotten how to talk to our neighbors and and our friends, and and people, you know, spend a lot of time trying to figure out, I've had this friend for 40 years, and I can't even talk to him because they've got these views that are just crazy, and we can't have an opinion, and yet you're doing the same thing, and, and we have these righteous attitudes, and, and, and I, I it, it just, it's a problem. It's a problem caused by our elected officials and, and our media without question, you know, and, and we have fell into it uh, partially without even realizing it until now when we have such a divided situation. That pretty much started uh, probably in in Bush 43 and then Obama, of course, with the, the racism that was around him and his violating the Constitution the way he did and in the ways that he did and broke the campaign promises and the birther crap, complete, you know, and mind you, birther stuff, complete BS, you know, but they, all this polarization that happened around then and then, of course, Donald Trump took his radio show attitude strategy and polarized people on that side of the aisle and got elected. And here we are. Meanwhile, the Democratic Party turned out to be extremely corrupt inside their house and blew their chance of, of having their side of the situation in, in the White House. I wouldn't, you know, I, I, say, I don't think Hillary would be tweeting as much, but, you know, I was no fan. I was no fan of anybody. I was only president, actually, but... So you know, so it, it is a it is a complicated, nasty situation that we're in. Unfortunately, I, I got to tell you, I know that we we have uh, actually probably a little bit more than usual. We have a bunch of 
music fans listening even more so. And obviously, I love having artists on. I've had you know I've had others on, of course, before. And I just want to let you know that the artist who wrote the theme song, Sick, Tired, and Wasted, for this show, Eleanor Goldfield, and her band Rooftop Revolutionaries, if you ever get a chance to listen to them. She's a, a full-time activist artist, audio and visual, very talented lady, marvelous singer, marvelous musician, marvelous writer, does spoken word, does visual art, uh, the founder of Art Killing Apathy, artkillingapathy.org or com. I have to look. But Art Killing Apathy, you can find it, of course, in Rooftop Revolutionaries. She's also the host of the show Act Out, which you can see on Free Speech TV various times during the week. You have to look at your local listings, uh, or not the local listings, but the listings of Free Speech TV. Turn on your TV guide, and you'll find her. And so I just want to let everybody know who's, who both is not familiar with this show because they don't listen to political radio per se, but to hear for the music end of it, I want to let you know about her. And, and of course, you know, my love for music and being a musician and, and being around doing radio shows on music. This is the first time I've ever done political radio. I, I think it was forced upon me from an I thought because I've been an activist for a long time, but the side of it. So I, so I did a few years ago and, and I, Always have to highlight the music and, and obviously excited about what we're going to be talking about here in, in the, the next few minutes when Steve uh, chimes in for his interview. So so moving on, to, moving on to other subjects. Let's see if we can let's see if we can uh, keep the theme well. So without getting into any of the stuff that we're going to be talking about with Steve. It is one of the joys of activism, if, you can, if there is a joy in activism, is hearing, seeing, and collaborating with artists throughout the world. And I, and I know a lot of the people, especially from the progressive rock world and the classic rock world, are familiar with John Kirkman. And John was on this show not too long ago because he was involved in a wonderful ag, uh, album collaboration, worldwide collaboration with many, many artists from all around the world, including the the Patrick Moraz and Jeff Downs from the progressive rock world, for example, and, and others, called Action Moves People United. And, and it was a collaboration with for musicians all around the world. It was amazing. And of course, we were talking about world peace, which is very important. And of course, artists have been doing that subject for a very long time. And should and and it's always it's always very exciting to see that and it was great having John on the show a few months ago and talk about that and and you know I I was around John as well on the Cousteria because he's one of the hosts the, the host MC he does he does the majority of the storyteller interviews and that that go on around the ship and of course he has a great relationship just did a book about yes and by the way congratulations to yes for being voted to the rock and roll hall of fame and i will be there and of course yes was on the cruise that i was on with steve and anyway that's another story so but getting getting back to what i was talking about so john does action uh moves people united record and and it's amazing and and if you have a chance to pick it up, I mean, you can pick it up, and uh, I believe you can pick it up off iTunes. You can certainly pick it up off Action Move United, and it was put together by, backed by UNESCO, which of course is United Nations, 
and, and there was uh, Julian Leonard was on it. Dan Aykroyd, of course, was in it. A lot of spoke one. John's participation, him and Jeff Downs. Uh, and a couple of other artists did. He did a spoken word uh, participation on it. it. Was it was just beautiful. Uh, as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is what it was right here. Uh, and if it isn't, it's still a wonderful item from that piece. Yeah, I want to make sure that's right. I don't know if I kept it here. But I'm going to give it a shot to see. This is called Color in the Sky. I looked up into the sun, warm on my face. The sky so blue, just like I could dive into it and feel it between my toes. There, high above me, the flags of nations waved, caught up in the breeze. A beautiful rainbow. Colors and shapes dancing, kissing, swirling around each other, flying high above the chaos. Every flag was different from the next. And they didn't care about the politics and the struggle. Colors taking wing as a sky full of birds or butterflies. Of northern lights majestic, colors, music, dance. Flavors in this moment I see so clearly. We are so rare. A tapestry of the finest thread. This life so precious, our job is to fill it with the wonder and awe of the world we call home. Drink it up, the sweet nectar of us. Don't waste a drop. Colors in the sky, colors down below all swirl together in a beautiful rainbow. The flags of nations, the skin of peoples, of shapes and sizes, of walks of life. What makes us different makes us interesting. The music, our dance. The food, our flavor. A bouquet, a tapestry. That I did get I did get that right. That was John Kirkman with on keyboards Jeff Downs. And there was another person and I and again I don't have this information in front of me, but, but there was another musician that was involved in that. But again, artists collaborating worldwide to send a message of peace and unity out there and it's important that it's done worldwide, not just like say in the United States, because there there is a lot a lot of governments that are doing really bad stuff. I mean, you know, and and it seems like a lot of them we're allied with, unfortunately. But it is it is amazing the amount of time that is spent on war in the world. And, and of course, this is nothing new. And and that's another unfortunate part about this is that it is nothing new. And I, you know, it would be nice if it was. You know, I, I let's just take peace and take it out for a spin. You know, kick the tires, light the fires, whatever. And let's just take it out for a spin and see what's going on and, and all of that other wonderful 
parts of it that we're not doing, unfortunately, that would be really nice if we would do for a change. That that would be that would be great. I, I would kind of really like that. You know, the the I think that would make a big difference. And and of course, I could be I could be on the lake. I wouldn't have to spend all this time or on the beach or whatever or on more cruises. That would be nice. More, more, I, I'm totally for it. You know, I find reasons to to go, but I wouldn't have to spend all this time, you know, trying to make the world a better place because it's my generation that really screwed this up. I mean, other generations have too, but I mean, you would think that we, <laughs> you would think that we would actually, <laughs> we would actually fix this by now. Well, we just tend to not want to evolve. So, but, but I, I wanted to play that piece from John just to give an idea of what it means and you know artists do it really well uh, it's what they do you know we'll get into this a little bit later too a little bit some more uh, but that collaboration was really inspiring to me and and it's seeing more of it all the time is fantastic you know it really is exciting to say the least you know, and, and and of course the work is always good, and there's a lot of people out there doing it, and 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 art is a art is a wonderful thing, and and as I mentioned, the the, the young lady who wrote the theme song is one of the one of the great activist artists in my mind uh, that is not known yet, but uh, can be, and, and it goes without saying that I, I wanted to make sure that a lot of the people who are listening to this show today, because of Steve's appearance that normally don't get into political radio. I just want to let you know who she were. You can check her out because regardless of the activism, she's a very talented young lady. So without further ado, I, I, I have to, you know, as I, as I just touched on earlier, you know, obviously Steve Hackett has been around. I mean, I've been listening to him my whole life as have many of you, of course, you know, he is, He's been in rock and roll since pretty much its entire time that it's existed. You know, uh, the, the, he's worked with so many people that I respect, uh, that I admire, that their ability is amazing. And, of course, you know, he was all about Genesis. He was there when it when Genesis was the, the prog monster that it was. And, and Genesis has always been a very, very talented band. It changed its style. But that's what mu- that's what music does. And Steve is a great example of, I don't know, what do you call it, the evolution of music, I suppose, or the progression of music. I believe that's what he calls it. And I'm so happy to have him on his show to talk about his new album and what's going on in his life and and just the world in general. And how are you, Steve Hackett? Welcome to the show. Yeah, very good, Robert. How are you doing? Are you Robert or Bob? I'm good. I wonder. Uh, I, well, you know, whatever works, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Mr. Robert Rodriguez. is fine. There you go. Okay, we go with oh, man. God, Steve, I like it. I like it. You know, you know. Uh, I have to tell you because you probably saw, uh, you know, that John Kirkman was also sick on the cruise. You know, I got, I was sick on the cruise. I know you were sick on the cruise. What the hell were they doing to us? That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had uh, bronchitis. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't. Think, I didn't go to the doctor, you know. I, it, it didn't get me that bad, uh, but I know that you guys battled it. And I'm, you know, I, I know the next time I go, I'm not going to spend as much time in the recycled air. I think I'm just going to sleep out on the patio or, you know, on the balcony. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I don't think I can blame the uh, the, the cruise for uh, 
for the thing that I had. No. You know, I, I was making a video in in Serbia and inhaling a lot of smoke, so uh, other people passively, and um, so I I arrived with uh, with my cough in Serbian tact. flu. And, Yes. Serbian flu, yeah. Serbian logi, yeah. Serbian plague, and um, but it, did you enjoy the cruise? I did. It was it was amazing. You were amazing. The music, of course, was amazing. And 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 and, and I, you know, as we talked about, and and you know, this was I had met you on the the original cruise to the edge. For those that want to know, what we're talking about we're talking about the cruise to the edge, which came out. This was the fourth one this year. The first one was 2013. And when I met Steve, it was on that cruise. And I, him, he and John Wetton, the great John Wetton, who just passed, unfortunately, were having breakfast right next to me, and they allowed me to join, and we had a nice conversation, took some pictures, et cetera. But Steve and I interacted with his lovely wife, Joe later on on the cruise. And, in, in, you know, five, ten minutes, whatever it was. But that's when we met, and, and I was so excited to see and then, of course, talk with you at length on the cruise because the, the, your new album and what you said on stage when you performed, Steve, was, as you know, as I told you then, and I'm telling you now, it was very inspiring to me because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so in, in, ingrained in, in activism, and, and I'm very, very glad that you're stopping by, I have to tell you. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. Um, it, was, it was an amazing cruise, and uh, I think uh, people were very open to... Um, the new stuff, and um, I didn't get any flack for anything that I was um, the, the, the the one or two songs that had a more political message with refugees. Um, it seems to be an acceptance of that. Me saying that I was from a, a refugee family myself, and you know, without that, I wouldn't be playing in front of people. So uh, that's the uh, the Polish side of the family from a hundred years ago escaping um, uh, religious persecution um, but you know England had its doors open at that point I'm not sure they're going to stay open for much longer we seem to be heading toward Brexit and all the rest um, right. with the rise of the frightening right um, yes. a deeply troubling times but I'm an entertainer in the midst of all that and I find that I can't just stay silent and come up with a bunch of pop songs. Um, so some of what I'm doing is uh, perhaps highlighting the obvious, but um, it's extraordinary. I watch so much news these days, and um, I find I get the most balanced news from Al Jazeera. Um, yes, isn't that amazing how that think, works? I don't think you guys get that over there, but it's extraordinary. You get a no, lot we of the do. Middle we East have, we have. No, we do. We do. We we get. Uh, we good. have uh, an Americanized version. We have an Americanized version, uh, Al Jazeera America, and then of course, from a social media standpoint, they're very. They have a very strong presence, and and they did yeah. just shift themselves corporate wise. But no, Al Jazeera has a number of great journalists on it. I totally agree with you. Yes, I, I've seen some extraordinary programs on Israel and Palestine and um, all of that. And of course, if I can turn it to music, um, the on the new album, we've got one guy from Israel and one girl from Palestine working together who are friends. Um, Kobe yes, Faye. Yes, and I want to, I want to and, get into that. Yes, West West. And Mira I mean, Awad. Exciting yeah. stuff. It is exciting. exciting it shows it's possible. If it's possible in music, it ought to be possible in so many other fields. 
No, there's no doubt. And, and, and you know, the, you, I, I want to, of course, there are two sides to this show that are going on today. Of course, we have a lot of people who listen, who are listening to the show because they're fans of you. You know, and, and I, as you know, I'm tied to progressive rock in, in a big way. And, and though I, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I, I've done music radio before my career as well, and I'm not doing that now. Right. And then, of course, there's political side, and there's a lot of people who don't, you know, follow progressive rock, or they, they know Genesis, right. of course. Uh, but they they may not have seen you, and I want to talk a little a little bit about you as well and your new album. Just on the side of the artistic as well, you're taking a break right now for a couple of weeks in the midst of your worldwide tour. Talk a little bit about that. Um, well, we are taking a break. We're about to go to Europe and uh, do a whole bunch of shows there, and we're in the midst of of a world tour. Uh, in, in the midst of a world tour, which um, it, you know was kicked off wonderfully with the stuff in the in the Caribbean, and um, and and the American tour, so uh, um, it, response has been uh, fantastic, of course. And uh, and uh, the lovely thing is, uh, I'm feeling fitter now, so I've gotten you know gotten my lungs back, which is fantastic, and um, it makes a big difference to be able to go on feeling fresh. So um, the album gets released. <clears throat> in a few days' time, we've got a press launch thing coming up on this Monday, and um, I'm really, you know, so happy to be able to be in this position at this time and feeling, you know, at peak creatively and physically and um, all of these things that, you know, you don't take... It's not a given, is it? You know, it's... it's, no. it's the clock is ticking, no. and um, it feels great to be, you know, back in the saddle and and doing all of that and, and be actively making videos and um, just meeting a whole ton of people in different situations. It's it's a great time you know, you, to be you, around. Yeah, and it really is. You know, and, and I think, for, you know, from an observation standpoint, for example, being on the cruise even showed that with all the different artists that were on there, Kansas and Yes, and and, I know, and so, it was fantastic, so many wasn't it? The combination and, of it people. Really, it really, really was Focus and Iowa Earth and Bad Dreams and Kersner and then all the tributes. Yeah, it was amazing. It, it was it just uh, and your band, of course. And uh, I mean, you essentially travel with kind of like a two-part band in a way because of the the new stuff, and then you have the tribute stuff. I would call it tribute stuff. It's your music, but the, the, you know, the Genesis stuff, the older Genesis stuff that you play, it's marvelous yeah. to see that. I, you know, and and of course the level is, you know, you're 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 quite good. Just thought I'd throw that out there, but but you're, yeah. you're quite good. Well, at what you, you know, do. Um, I I'm quite happy to, um, you know, once again, essentially become Genesis for people um, who. Not in every case would they be familiar with what Genesis uh, was and um, um, do perhaps the more challenging tunes. Um, so I try and keep the museum doors open for the for the glorious old exhibits, but also do new stuff. So we did three things off the new album and um, and also um, you know retrospective stuff, but. Um, uh, not try and ram the new stuff down people's throats that much, uh, but the response to the new stuff was was really strong. So I can't complain about that. Responses have been really good. So yeah, one foot in the past, one eye on the future, but um, still making a noise for a living. 
Right, and, and you know, and, and I, you got to talk about things. You know, I love that because I heard that first time from you back in 2013 when John was interviewing you, with, uh, and Chris Squire came in because you guys had just finished doing Squawk It, and and you had yeah. talked about that. And just to let everybody know what you're talking about, making noise. Yes, um, I loved working with those two guys. They were extraordinary, of course. Um, both fabulous bass players and singers, and um, shakers and movers, and. Um, uh, the loss of John, uh, I think everyone yeah. on, on the cruise felt the loss of John Wetton um, so much. Yeah. And, of course, the last time we did the cruise, which was two years ago, um, all three of us were up on stage together doing All Along the yeah. Watchtower. And, um, yeah. you know, that's still up there on on, um, on YouTube. And you can just see a bunch right. of mates all having a wonderful time. Uh, together, and not it, just it, any mates, not just any mates, Steve. I mean, Chris Squire yeah, well, and John just, Wetton and Steve great. Hackett. We, you that's know, pretty good all, stuff. Yeah. You know, Chris and I had never we'd recorded together uh, quite a bit, but right. we'd never been on stage together. It never worked out, um, and um, so yeah, simple tune, and um, everyone, uh, everyone enjoying it and loving it, and, and and each other's company, and and they're just some lovely pictures from that lovely stills. Um, it felt like a very proud moment and a kind of, uh, well, a sense of coming home for everyone, in a sense. So, uh, I, um, yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, you can't quantify, it, you know, the loss of, of people of the stature of, of, of Chris no. and, and, and John. Um, and, well, we know that it's been an extraordinary time, the loss of the, the extraordinary uh, Greg Lake and Keith Emerson and all the Keith guys Emerson. who... We're interested in so many, so many different kinds of music, and tried to infuse their their modern stuff with so many different, uh, you know, so, such respect and love for so many genres. So um, these guys were the were the real deal, um, and I yeah. was lucky yeah. to be friends with all of them. And you know, I I, I didn't tell you this when I seen you. I'd forgotten about it. I it's getting you know you know how it is. You're sitting there and you're talking about subjects. But I saw you sure. in Miami. I was actually in the first row. I was right in front of you, actually, when you came on. I saw you in Miami at the Keith Emerson tribute with Carl Farmer's band. Oh, and that's right. I, I yes, that's like, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I played one or two that. things yeah, with you, them. Yeah, you came out on the – yes. And, I'm, <laughs> and, and I hung out with the guys later, but, of course, you weren't part of that. But it was great to see you again. Of course, it's great to see you, see you jam. And it was nice, to, I mean, to do that. I don't know if you were in the area or what, but – that well, was no, cool. I, I and, Carl and asked me if I if I take part in it, and of course, um, um, I said yes, of course. You know, again, yes, I'd never yes. worked live with with Keith, but um, you know, it was fun to do Nut Rocker and uh, Fanfare for yeah. the Common Man. Um, mm-hmm. You know, neither of those were self penned compositions by those guys, but um, I remember having the record of Nut Rocker back in the day, and um, sure. And of course, you know the Copeland stuff I was familiar with before ELP even touched it. So, um, so there we go. But you know, I got up and jammed with them. I it was it was a laugh. Bit of guitar, bit of harmonica. Um, his extraordinary mm-hmm. band. Yep. Um, yep. Great they really stuff. are and very course, talented. Very talented. Band. You know, and and, um, and Vanilla Fudge, of course, all of that, which um, combination right. of um, characters there. Great stuff. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. And I, I filmed, I filmed you. I'll have to, I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, I, I, ha, I have, I have, you know, it's, it's that for me. 
like, you know, I film when I can, and a lot of that stuff I just keep for myself. It's not like I, I'm trying to promote a YouTube channel or anything like that. I have one, but I don't do it that, you know, it's not about that. I'll send you the yeah. piece. It's neat. It's, neat. it's great. It was a lot of fun seeing you. Of course, I, I enjoy watching you play. So, you know, the I, as I was getting ready for this show, and, and obviously didn't have it when I talked to you when we were on the cruise, uh, you know, the, as I mentioned, the new album and, and like, uh, the, the Behind the Smokes thing, as you know, conversations we've had since then uh, via email, that this has developed into, you know, uh, an activism to me because I thought it was such a wonderful expression. When you, when you were describing that on stage, on the cruise, and then I've learned. And then yesterday you released the video. It's phenomenal. And so what yeah, I want like to do video. before we get yeah, into that, that's, uh, oh, the I video. Oh, I love it. Uh, done in, in, in Serbia. It is a phenomenal video. Um, even though I'm Absolutely. a participant, I think that dispassionately, um, subjectively, um, ob- objectively yeah. rather, I think um, uh, the guy, the guys who put that together did a tremendous job. Um, and, they, really, um, they really did. They, they they really did the idea of refugees then and refugees now and um, the modern day contrasted with the with the age old um, the age old problem um, the yeah. conundrum of survival. So uh, really, the, the idea of behind the smoke has got this kind of um, almost army like uh, sound yes. to it. Where um, but yeah. it's a kind of march for survival and that's what's going on. At the moment, um, uh, there's just so much going down in the world. You know, yesterday, suddenly they said in Africa, the starving people again, yes. up to, Somalia. I believe yeah. it's 15 million whose lives are on yes. the line. The worst it's been yes. since 1945. So yes. I, I find it very difficult to cut myself off from what's going on and just be glib and go... Oh, I really hope my album does well. I'm thinking about more than that. I'm thinking about uh, the idea is, well, uh, maybe there's a wake-up call beyond that. Let's not run into compassion fatigue. Let's not demonize someone because they're poorer or they live in another country. And and, right. um, and countries are overrated anyway. You know, borders are a way of inflicting violence on poor people. That's and right. we've that's right. And we've inflicted the violence on them in the first place. So if we don't give them a chance to get out the pressure cooker, you know, it's like I burned down your house, but I'm not going to let you out the front door. Um, you know, where's the um, where's the evolution in that? Um, so yeah, I get I get angry. Yes, and I am becoming an activist. Um, I was once before with Rock Against Repatriation, um, and right. now I I feel that there are so many causes uh, the fate of the world concerns me right now you remember the King Crimson song Epitaph the fate yes, of all mankind of I see is in the hands of fools Mr. Pete Sinfield 1969 we're right back there yes, sir. you know more pertinent than ever um, and again you know Greg part of that the man who's passed and um, yeah yep. I think um, yep. you know so many people you know, wonderful songs of the 60s. Bob Dylan, Buffy St. Marie. Um, Richie Havens. We Woody talked Guthrie. about him as well. People singing about yeah. the real issues. Um, yep. You know, I think this is probably the way it's going. So, um, um, for me, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting interested in things perhaps that I should have, you know, ages and ages ago 
show, but it, well, it's genuine. I, my, my you're here now. You're very, here now. Yeah, you're here now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here, here now, now addressing. Right. I'm not feeling the need, you know, to um, necessarily purely entertain and and, and dangle bull, baubles before um, before the public. Um, I think right. I think we're we're really in deep shit right now. And um, yes. Um, we, we got, we've really all got to watch out. Um, we've got to watch out that the freedoms that were won during the civil rights movement in the 1960s um, made it possible for women, women's equality, for Afro-Americans, um, for so much more um, individual rights, and all of this is under threat right now. We have to be very, very careful or we're going right back Never mind to 1939, but earlier than that, we're going back hundreds of years. We're we're returning to a kind of fundamentalism that is the very kind that's being criticized by the right-wing politicians themselves. The level of hypocrisy, I've never seen anything like it. But I don't want to be led by fools. I don't know about you. No, I'm I'm there with you. Sign me up. Good. (laughs) Let's let's continue to, you know, I'll tell you what, you, you set up a bunch, of, a bunch of things I want to follow up on, but I also want, before we go any further, to play Behind the Smoke right now for everybody. Sure thing. So let me do that. Let me do that. Behind the smoke is black. There is no turning back. Our souls are burning on the stone The road ahead is steep There is no time to weep We've come this way so far
Behind the Smoke from, actually, we haven't even said the name of the album yet, Steve. The album is called The Night Siren, and it is released, yeah. be released on March 24th. And congratulations about that, of course. And what a marvelous song, and, and your playing is, is so powerful. And I have to tell everybody again, the video is phenomenal. It, it, and the title of the song, uh, to be to the refugee crisis. I mean, it, it's about be, what's going on behind the smoke because war is causing this. And and I, I has I know that uh, you have a story about how the development of the name of the song came and stuff. Please tell everybody about that. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, when I was writing the song, um, my wife. Had some ideas for some lyrics. She, she, uh, the first line that came was uh, "Behind the smoke is black," and I said, um, "This is about a war-torn situation. Is it about refugees?" And she said, "Yes." And then we started. Um, I would add a line, then she would add a line, and um, um, we were kind of trying to pare it down to the essentials of the idea of a of a um, a march for survival. Um, and it threw up so many things. The fact that she came from a, um, a, um, a migrant, an immigrant refugee family herself. Um, on her father's side, they were Jewish. They were escaping um, religious persecution in Poland just over 100 years ago. And um, many musicians came out of that. Um, they made it to Britain. Of course, they were allowed in. I think that's the pertinent point. And then on my mother's side, uh, the same thing, um, uh, um, uh, same place, coming out of Poland, religious persecution, making it to Portugal, then to uh, then to England, and change of, of names. Kalzewski becomes Da Costa Da Silva, then it becomes Davis. And uh, I had an uncle from that side who was 108 years old, he was the the um, oldest serving ex-serviceman from the First World War. Now, my great-grandmother mm. used to talk about women being dragged along by their hair. This is uh. the story of uh, what they went through. So, yes, every reason to leave. Um, and uh, I'm trying to honor them, you know, um, these extraordinary people who worked like crazy to uh, to eke out a living. I mean, I don't know if they were practicing. I don't think any of them were Orthodox Jewish or anything. It's just um, to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It can happen to you or me any time. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know about you. I was I was in I was in Poland with my wife a while back when we were touring, and we realized that Auschwitz was just up the road, and we thought we'd visit. And you, you go to the place, and you think, think, my God, this is this is it. Visit the gas mm -hmm. chamber with. You know, you know, with ensuite ovens just around the corner, and mm. um, I keep thinking that you know, if Hitler was running for re-election, uh, he he'd be voted in. It's all the same messages, um, and um, uh, yeah, the, the, the rise of the right, terribly popular, right-wing press, um, mm -hmm. anti-immigrant, all of that. So um, if they have their way, you know. Um, we won't be here, people like me. You know, I, I was lucky. Exactly. I was lucky to have. Uh, I, 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 and, and I'm. I live in a country of immigrants, 
of course. Yes, of and, course. And, America and, is, is a country of immigrants. That is it. That that is why America is united because it is mm-hmm. it is the sum total of the most extraordinary multicultural diversity, which is its strength. And the, the fact that the founding fathers were um, uh, running away from persecution themselves right. seems to have been lost right. in the plot. It's what Obama said. It's not who we are, you know, it, it, or it is rather who we are. Um, right, yeah, uh, right. So I don't know. I always thought it was America the Beautiful. When I saw Pollyanna, I thought mm. that was it, you know. That was that was mm-hmm. the song. America is a beautiful country. It doesn't have to be an ugly place full of crazy people. Mm-hmm. Here we are. And, and it's interesting. And yet here we are, you know, I, and yeah. democracy's under threat, and uh, and um, it's not just your country; it's my country too. It's all over. Oh, so, absolutely, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's it's interesting when you when you talk, and, and I I have to highlight to everybody uh, again your approach to the song because you didn't just do it about what's happening now. You did the historical connection, which is what it's all about. And and what's yeah. interesting to me is that if you look at the hate and like you mentioned how Hitler would be reelected, the hate that is written and talked about today is literally word for word what happened the last time or the time before that or the time before that as they attack yeah. religions or cultures in, in, in history like you mentioned yeah, the way the right. Jewish persecution yeah. was happening, it, it's no different I tell people all the time if they go back and, and look at the rhetoric that was happening around the Japanese and the internment camp at that time. And if they look at the media, that was the stuff that was being posted in the media, and they look at what's going on today, they, it's exactly the same thing. I swear they're going back and rewriting it, and, you know, using it, it's, plagiarizing it. It's the it. same script. It's <laughs> the same film. It's the same message. Yep. Hate is always the same. Yep. And um, it's, it I, I haven't heard an, an eloquent argument for that, Um but it does no. really seem like as if the omen has come to pass somehow. And, um, yeah, we'd all rather watch the movie rather than live in that time. Um, so uh, what are we going to do about it? Are we all going to just sit back and take it? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. You I'm sound not. pretty active yourself. Uh, I am. I really am. See, I, I, you know, I, I just I can't say to you enough, and I know I've said this, I don't want to, overstated you know but i can't say enough it's it's like i am involved in i'm involved in activism and have been for a long time and 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 it's almost like you've reignited me with this with the stuff that you've done in this album as well you know and, and it's not just about the refugee thing i mean you've covered some areas in this album you know you you, you really got expansive you know as a matter of fact uh, another area that i'm involved with is the situation in the gaza strip and you write this song west to east and you, and i had no idea it existed until you're telling me on the cruise about it and the artists from palestine as you mentioned earlier in this interview from palestine and israel on the album please talk about that i also will also play it okay Let's talk well, about where um, that came maybe from. In, in the white in the wider context um we've got 20 people from all around the world um but right, right. no more um no more divided potentially than um than those from Israel and Palestine. Um, I was interested in what Daniel Berenboim had come up with, you know, the great pianist and conductor. Yes. Um, he was yes. married to Jacqueline Dupre at one time, and uh, I believe it was the, the, the 
I think the name of the orchestra is the West Divan Orchestra or the West Eastern Divan Orchestra, which was um, something that he was involved with, and they put together Palestinian and Israeli and just did a world tour, and they were doing Wagner. Now, Wagner, of course, hugely anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish, and the idea of a, of a healing for all of these areas and these separate uh, uh, forces and ideologies, um, I thought it was wonderful that they would do that, do the master singers. Um, so as if to say, well, you know, we're all singing the same song here. If uh, if Wagner was was in spirit seeing what's going on, the, the full effect of... Um, you know, those ideas and the destructive right. force of that and the negative, um, I get the feeling that, you know, no one really in their right mind, I don't think even Hitler was very interested. Apparently when he was taking train trips and going past um, uh, the concentration camps, he, he wanted the curtains closed because he didn't want to see that, you know. Right. He didn't want right. to see his final solution put into into action, really, you know and a man who was arguably from a part Jewish family. Um, it, it's as right. crazy as that. That's how schism works. Um, mm -hmm. uh, maybe I'm not sounding very focused here, but I'm just passionate about the no, idea I, that I, people I, should... This is, this is the truth. You're, you're, you're telling the truth. That's what it's yeah. all about, for me anyway. Yeah. Well, I, I think so. I mean, I did meet some Americans who were saying to me, well, I hope you're not, you know anti our, our president and i i was saying well the thing is that um don't confuse being anti-american with being anti the politics of oppression uh right. because you know the enemy right. i think right. is, is from within and um you've got to be careful you know you've got a great country there but um uh, you know the the pressures of business are are, are extreme and um uh, you know, just because there's a lot of hardware out there doesn't mean to say that mm -hmm. um, someone's got to use that heavy metal on their on their poor neighbour. Um, the world is a tinderbox right now, and um, mm -hmm. and uh, you know we've got to, we've got to really help each other. Uh, countries are overrated, borders are overrated. I mean, why mm -hmm. should anyone be be doing that? I mean, the idea of sticking up a uh, you know, a wall to keep out the Mexicans, and you've got you've got a country that's <sighs> supposed to be uh, more Spanish-speaking than it than, than than English. I mean, where's right. the where's the representation of interest? You know, what about the disenfranchised man in the street? You're know, putting up with that. I mean, how is that how is that possible? Yes, we know it's possible because um, if you um, I am with you 100%. Yeah, 100%. It's up to artists. Yeah, it's up to the media. It is up to the judiciary, and I'm a huge fan. I'm never going to say any more jokes about lawyers and sharks because it's the judiciary <laughs> that may be the last bastion before we that's all true. go to That's true, and that's what's been you going know? on and here. that's happening I'm in sure my country yeah. and in yours. Yep. It, it really is. It, you know, and, and the with with this executive order with the 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 banning i had, i was talking about earlier before you before you called in about this ban that came from italy yeah. soviet soviet and and they were coming here to do promote a promotional tour for free and they had all yeah. that paperwork and they weren't criminals and all that other stuff and three of the members of the band were were 
I think it was a three-person band. It might have been four. But they were put in jail and shipped back to Italy because the customs agents didn't know what they were doing and they believed that they should have a work visa because they were going to get paid at the event that they were going to. It was ridiculous. And they got yeah, put in jail well, and mug and, shots and, and it's just, crazy. It's just, it's just and, tyranny and, is crazy. Uh, you know, America, I believe, is supposed to be hosting the Olympics and they're figuring out that this isn't, isn't going to be, you know, international sport is over in America mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. America is um, pursuing an isolationist policy now. Yep. and um, uh, it isn't what America's all about. So what you're saying is America isn't really open for business anymore. Uh, no, it's not. It, it appears that way. Exactly. It, yeah, it, I mean, well, they're, they're know, talking about a totali- totalitarian regime, then you know, right. you're going to get you're going to get something else. Tyranny at its finest. Um, Tyranny at its finest. Yeah. So interesting times we live. Um, I've probably said, um, and you've said uh, enough, and, um, you know, <laughs> perhaps um, it's about music, but well, it's about harmony. You know, it's about so much more, isn't it, than, than just... It is. Um, it is. It is. And, and as know, we talked about previously, What is it about? You know, we're ambassadors for yeah. world peace. We're, we're musical migrants. That's what we are. We're itinerant That's musicians. We, we travel. We arrive. We play. If people want, they listen to us. If they don't, they have the choice. That's pro-choice. That's right. Exactly. And and the people who come and listen, you know, speaking about justice or injustice is important. I don't care what you're doing. You know, the, the, no, and you had mentioned... I think it does come down to the idea of justice. And um, yes. it's the reason why I was listening to the young Buffy St. Maria in 1965, talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the Indians' cause, the um, North American Indians, all of that. Now that the buffalo's gone, mm-hmm. universal soldier, Bob Dylan blowing in the wind. Right, um, right. All this stuff, and the Woody Guthrie stuff before that, standing up for the American farmers, it's all part of it. It's all part of it. It's all, you know, we are one potentially extended family. I'm sounding like a priest here, but, you know, that's really well, yeah, it. But, you know, but again, uh, but again people Steve, you haven't met yet. it's real. But, but, it, yes. it's, but Steve, it's real. And, and, and I will always applaud passion, especially when it's directed yes. at justice. It, it, it has to be applauded and, and supported at all times. You know, that I, I, I support justice for anybody or against anybody, that that it's necessary. It doesn't matter what the issue is. It's it just it's, it's you know you mentioned you know for example about the criticism of government you know and, and I and I have this discussion with people about Israel for example and I said listen just because I don't like the way the Israeli government is behaving doesn't mean I'm anti-Semitic. That would be silly because if I'm criticizing the United States that would mean I'm anti-American. That that con- that doesn't work. It's about government yeah, and I people know. are I... two different things. I know that people often twist that argument and they say that if you don't agree they with do. the policy, you don't agree with, you know, that you're being racist. And it's a very easy uh, jump cut to make, and it's very glib. Mm-hmm. And um, it, unfortunately, it's, you know, that's part of a dirty tricks kind of um, uh, idea or that, that kind of campaigning. And, um, no, I think that uh, I think you can be absolutely pa- patriotic. You can applaud the idea of, of um, the two-state solution. Um, but you can't just back off and say, oh, well, let them sort it out themselves. Um, I saw an extraordinary program on Al Jazeera about, um, um, you know, uh, about uh, 
the situation there, the way the Palestinians are com always being um, harassed by, um, by, by the Israelis who believe that they've yes. got a, a divine right to ignore yes. what happened in the intervening 2,000 years before they moved into someone else's homeland. Now, um, yep. I do believe there should be an Israel. Um, that's fine. But I also believe there should be a Palestine, and that's why we've got both of these people uh, working on this on this record. And Toby Farry and the great Mira out and the great Mira Adwan. Uh, She's are great. On, are She's a wonderful sick. voice, and so is Kobe. Yes. And um, yes. he's in uh, he's in Malta and your right wife now. Is on it. Your wife's got in touch and he said how much he enjoyed the video, which is great. So uh, uh, yeah. there we are. Um, uh, great stuff. I've met with her. I, I haven't actually met with him yet, but you know, as you know, he's involved with Orphaned Land, the the band, right. and and Orphaned she's Land. involved right, yeah. with um, the 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 Arab Hebrew um, Theatre of Jaffa, which is extraordinary because Jaffa is is the is the old city, the town that is right next to Tel Aviv. It's biblically old, and um, I visited there when when we were uh, playing in in, in Israel and. Um, it's extraordinary. You know, Kobe uh, lives in Jaffa. So um, these people are sticking their neck out every day of the week. It's not always a case of uh, yes, are. blessed are the peacemakers. Yeah. It's often cursed are the peacemakers. But um, uh, nonetheless, um, it's got to be done. Someone's got to shake hands. Absolutely. And I see that Joe is also singing on this song that we're getting ready to play, West to East. Uh, I, I see John yeah, she, is playing the flute on, on the song. And, and, and as, yeah. as is Amanda Lehman, um, her sister. Right. And, uh, and, and, uh, and Kobe Fahey. And, um, and right. Mira Watt. Christine Townsend so, um, is on violin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, well, you know, we so have everybody, my brother. This is, yeah, yeah I we've got the whole the world of it, really. I, I love it. I love it. it it's fantastic. Yeah. Everybody, this is from the Night Sirens. This is Steve Hackett on uh, West to East.
west to east, everybody, from the great album, The Night Siren, the new album, by Steve Hackett. Fantastic stuff, Steve. I'm glad you liked it. That has to be a lot of fun. First time I've heard it on radio, so that's that's a first. Great. (laughs) Well, I'm glad glad to be, uh, uh, be a part of that, without a doubt. Yeah, you know, so one of the songs that you played on the cruise, I think it was the first one, actually, uh, when you performed, if I remember right, uh, was in the Skeleton Gallery. Talk talk a little bit about the creation of that song. Well, um, it was really um, something, the idea of of, uh, when you're a child, you have certain psychic facilities that um, you are likely to use, lose down the line um when i was a kid i remember um at one point being able to see um a sound wave literally coming towards me um uh, vertically and see they were golden with this electrical charge and but they absolutely terrified me and um i don't think i was hallucinating at all i think it was absolutely real and um um and then you, you take that and you take various things you take it right up to you know adolescence the various things that would go on that, you know, when you're really sort of electrically all charged up and things are going on. And at one point, I remember feeling probably just before puberty or just during it, um, uh, that feeling of you're on a bed and you're absolutely pinned down and it feels as though you can't move. There's a sort of invisible elephant on top of you. And I know that other people have spoken about that, you know, at that same age that feeling so uh, in the skeleton gallery really addresses all those uh, fears that that kids have so um it's a kind of trip into nightmare but i think it's it's probably more than that you know it's being able to rationalize that and um perhaps to be able to swing with the punches i don't know about you but when i was a kid i remember having something that was about to turn into nightmare at one point and then suddenly you know, there are all these robots coming towards me, and I'm terrified. And I thought, no, I'm just going to tell them to halt. And I commanded them, and they all stopped. And it was a very powerful moment, that moment sure. of um, lucid dreaming. And uh, so it's partly about that and, and about dreaming of spaceships and being able to own them and, and um, you know, thinking about it one minute and then falling asleep and being in that dream and being in that thing. And, you know, dreams were no... Were, were more lucid uh, to me when I was a kid than, than they are as an adult. Uh, so it, it addresses all of that. So it's as wacky as songs come. It's deeply personal. And um, uh, frankly, I'm surprised anyone liked it at all. But on the contrary, people seem to like it very much. It's just every now and again I do a song that's just for me, and I assume no one's going to get it. And then um, if I'm lucky, a whole ton of people do. So it, this is one of those in the skeleton gallery. Well, that, that's fantastic. You know, I, I, I would offer to you, you probably know this anyway, you know, you, you probably dream less lucid because you're so creative now. You got turned loose. So a lot of those things are actually being, you know, out your brain, out your heart, to your hands, to your mouth, things like that. Uh, you know, I think that, that's that certainly it, isn't has it? A lot yeah, to do I with think it. that's what yeah. happens. You become more active, and you're less subject mm-hmm. to magic, and you're more able to uh, engage with it. And the alchemy of songwriting and recording, and and taking it in front of people, and, and of course, 
the people that listen are the true owners of, of music. It's mm-hmm. never the people who write it, record it, and play it, because we don't get the full import of what it's all about. So when a song hits you uh, that someone else has done, and you're free of all responsibility, that is a very mm-hmm. powerful thing. And when you talk to other people who've loved the same songs as you have done yourself of other people, mm-hmm. uh, they, they will come to the same conclusions, and they give the, the full portrait, in a way, is, is from others. It's the listeners who are the owners. It's, it's not us. It's not the singers, the guitarists, the keyboard players, the orchestrators, the classical geniuses. No, it's not that. It's, it's audiences. That's it. It's that kid who's listening at that point in time, ear glued to the radio, 12 years old. You know, it's, it's suddenly you're in the middle of something. Something comes on that you can't ignore, and it stays with you forever. Those moments are always, are always forever. I can listen to certain songs even that you, you were part of as well, where it might not even be the whole song sometimes. It's just a riff or, or a note or a drum roll or whatever it is, and the, the, the goosebumps come on my arms every single time. It doesn't matter how many times I've heard it. It's, it's the connect, you're absolutely so right about that. It, it's the connection and what you hear and how it impacts you. It's amazing. And, and now, I, I, well, like I, 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 I can't say it enough how much I love the video from Behind the Smoke. I've watched it, and I've listened to that times. I love it. You know, and of course, well, it's I, you know, I, I'd heard it. It. And, and, um, it is. Uh, it is. As I say, I, uh, I'm happy to have been part of it. Um, I, full yeah. credit to yeah. the director, who I, I allowed him to direct my movements in it. I said, you know, when I play, um, I usually just stand still when I play guitar. My arms move up and down. But, um, you know, I did a video with him once before, and um, I had a lot of trust in him. So I said, look, you know, I put myself in, in your hands. You're, you're the director. I remember Charlton Heston talking about this, talking about years yeah. ago, yeah. you know, the prime creative um, force in any movie is the director. So yeah. I thought, you know, I've got to learn. So if he wants me to act and do things, I'll do it. And if he suggests I do a movement with something, um, like the powerful moment of the girl falling over and extending her hand yeah. to try and yeah. lift her up. And um, and I thought, you know, I'm going to go with that moment and I'm going to believe it. It's it's symbolic, but it's real at that, at that moment for me. So I had one of those in the moment acting experiences that actors experience all the time. You know, yeah. uh, it's, it's an extraordinary thing. Um, it really um, is. When we were playing New York, um, Bruce Willis came to the show. And, oh, great. Um, and then he came, when we did it last time, he came again, and I thought, this is extraordinary. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, actors... It is. You took a picture of him. It's, on one, your, and music, it's on one of your it's pages. Very, it's very similar in a way. <clears throat> yeah. No, you took a picture with him. It's on one of your That's pages. Right, yes. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I and I, so I did. Yeah. I was like, well, that was nice. Uh, you, got, you know, he's very, it, whatever. very modest about his musical abilities, and he plays harmonica. And we both play harmonica. And he said, I said about you know singing, and he said, he said, he said, yeah, I shout in tune. That's what he does. You know, it's uh, <laughs> very modest, but um, we've all been entertained by the movies. And, uh, yeah, no doubt. No and doubt. It's, it's great. You know, it's a great. It really it's is. It's a great thing. So um, he seems to like this stuff. 
which um, well, good. That, which that, is that's reassuring. I, we, yeah. It is. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, never I like did it. Any, he likes it. You're just this good stuff. This is good stuff, and your and your shows yeah. are doing fantastic. I mean, all you're being you're being well received now, just like you have your entire career, which has got to be. That's got to feel wonderful and warm and and fulfilling oh, it, without without a fabulous. doubt. I'm able to mix with people, you know, all levels. You know, I mix. I've got a friend who's a friar. I met him in Assisi, and I said to him, you know, he's English, and he says um, he, he loves rock and roll, you know, and he comes to shows and he's wearing his cassock, and I said, you you know, you might become Pope one day. We haven't had an English one for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a vested interest in him. Uh, I love it. Him doing I love that. it. So, uh, I have. Yeah. I have it's one a funny last thing, question. you know. I'm, I'm not actually religious, but I've got spiritual beliefs. Um, of course, I mean, um, I'm the same. I'm not. I'm not religious either. It's too. It's too man-made, constructive, or constrictive. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but I am very, very that spiritual life goes on as well. Spirit, and those great people that we've worked with and, and known and loved, and the great people like um, John Wetton and Chris Squire, Keith Emerson, Greg Lake, all of these people, um, I'm sure we're going to see them again. You can't destroy that level of energy. There's a hell of a I don't think it's a romantic idea. Heaven. I've had ex- experiences of, of, of uh, some extraordinary things um, over time, and um, it's, it's real, and, and, and music is real, and, and healing is real, and, and it's, right. um, you know, music does that. Music is great medicine. It bridges... Um, several gaps, generation gap, and I think the gap between worlds as well. Oh, absolutely! Music is music is perhaps the greatest bridge, uh, without a doubt. Yes, uh, I, think I, I fully it's, agree it's with a you. Marvel, a marvelous universal language, and um, um, you read the marvelous books that, that Dr. Oliver Sacks wrote. Um, you know, it was just wonderful stuff. He's passed now, but the guy who did Awakenings and and um, uh, it's it's ph- phenomenal stuff. He's talking about you know a woman who couldn't move, become absolutely frozen until she yeah. heard music that moved her emotionally, and then she was able to move. But what a what a bind to be in. But then what a sort of direct correlation, the the demonstration of music's ability to be able to to heal, literally to be able to to do that. Well, I'm sure you're familiar with with how music is actually formally used to heal you know there's different aspects of that going on I'm, one of my one of my longtime friends daughter actually is a musician and she works that's what that's what she decided to go into instead of looking for the the you know the, the type of career the commercial career she took her music into the or, an organization that works on he, using music to heal it's an amazing yes. aspect of music without a doubt that's uh, right well music therapy is a big thing um in england as well and uh uh, I guess it's one engine, isn't it? One engine of power. Um, it's mm-hmm. one application of music. Uh, we need that. We need more yes, of we that. Do. We need more people we who, who are devoted to it. You know, I have an aunt who's, who's practically deaf, but but she can hear can she can hear music uh, on some level, yes. and it's hugely important to her. Yes, that's fantastic. So, so Steve. Okay, so <laughs> I, as I know you got to go. I have to ask you one really, really important question before you go. Yes. Tell me you're going to be on Cruise to the Edge 2018, please. 
Um, I would like to be. Um, they have to ask me formally if I want to do it. And right. sometimes what they like right. to do is to book acts so that it's every other year. So, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm up for it. I've done three cruises now, so I'm, yeah, I'm Mr. Cruise, schmooze. That's me. Yeah, so I, I know. I do it. I, yeah. I'm up for it. Well, you know how you're received on them, and so do they. And and Larry well, it's, it's a great, announcing it's a, it's, a, it's a great thrill. It's 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 a lovely thing that, that you know we we, we all is. get to go off and we uh, all be in the same boat together and uh, visit extraordinary places. And sometimes it's just the weather. Uh-huh. Um, but yes. it's an extraordinary institution now. All of that. It's, it's great fun. I love it. Yeah, well, I'll make sure that everybody knows that you said what you just said. You're going to make a lot of people happy. That are that yep. are fans of yours, without a doubt. And and Steve, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and talking about it's, your album, The Night Siren. And, and it's so it's so glad to know you. And and I, I'm, I support everything that you're doing. And I'll be in touch thank more you. about Behind the Smoke and everything. And, and and thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. And we're I gonna to go we're gonna and, leave uh, with honor the family now. So thank you so much. Yes. Okay. And we're gonna we're gonna leave within the skeleton gallery. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. All the best, man.
in the skeleton Steve Hackett from the new album, The Night Siren, which is due to be released on March 24th. You know, I, I've been doing different things for a long time in my life, and I've, I've done radio different times in my life. Uh, this is the first time, as I mentioned earlier in the show, that I've done political radio. I, most of the radio that I've done in the past, while having uh, not uh, political radio, but uh, I did music radio every other time, and of course I did interviews. And, you know, and obviously Steve has a new album coming out. And, you know, when you do these interviews, especially in that particular situation, because he's been doing a lot of interviews, you know, he's in the middle of a tour, et cetera. And as he mentioned that, he, you know, he, he's doing some stuff for the new album, and he does a lot of stuff over his, from over his career, both in and out of Genesis, for example. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting that they, the artists will spend the majority of time, and a lot of it has to do with the record company requirements, for example. This is a Sony uh, record release. Sony is the label in, in, in inside-out music. And they will spend the majority of time promoting the album. You know, let's pump up the sales, et cetera. And, and one of the things that happened during the interview with Steve, it, it, I'm sure everybody noticed, uh, or they will notice now, as I mentioned it, is he spent zero time doing that, which, and I, and I mentioned that only because it really shows the passion that he has and the subject matter of what the songs that he wrote on the album are about and how passionate he is involved in seeking justice in the world and stuff like that. And I had to say that because, you know, I mean, I've met him, I've talked to him, a few, you know, a number of times and in person. And, and of course, we've been doing email exchanges. And stuff. I say, of course, but anyway. So, you know, we've been doing email exchanges, talking about Behind the Smoke a lot as well. You know, and, and he has people who work for him or work with him, you know, who handled arranging the interview that wasn't, you know, he agreed to it. Once he agreed to it, it was handled by other people. They had to do his scheduling. And it just goes to show, and I have to highlight, that he is totally invested in what he's talking about and, and totally invested on in being involved in activism and, and being, showing, shining a light on injustice in the world. You know, and, and I'm in full agreement with him that you know the refugee situation is one of the great injustices. I, I I mentioned to him when I when I was on the cruise with him, you know, one of the best graphics I've seen about the refugee situation is a very simple graphic, and it, it's on my Facebook page. I take liberty with my coffee, for example, and I wasn't the one who created it. I just posted it there. I saw it, and there's three people sitting in a four people sitting in a room, and one of them is asking the opinion of the other three. It's like a board meeting. Or, or, and, and the person says, so what are we going to do about the refugees? And the first person says, well, build a wall. The second one says, you know, ban them. And the first one says, we could not bomb them. And the reaction, the next still in, in the graphic, is the person who asked the question and showing him angry and then the next big guy being thrown out the window of a high rise. And and it really highlights the way this issue is being handled by the government and by our media, too. But the way the issue is being handled by our government, because, of course, refugees are caused by war or some kind of disaster. But usually it, it is involving what their own government or what other governments, like in the Syria situation, are doing in their country. And, you know, the United States is 
extremely duplicit in the Libyan situation, in the Syrian situation, in the Yemen situation, and they're causing or helping to cause the refugee crisis. I'm sorry, people, but that's the truth. If you don't know that or believe that, you have some educating to do of yourself because I'm telling you gospel. We are responsible either directly or indirectly for the refugee crisis either by, from all these countries, either by ourselves or with other countries that are involved in bed with us, period. That is a fact. War is causing it. So for us to take a position politically, you know, about, you know, being anti-refugee is ludicrous to me because we're causing it. And we don't, you know, and it isn't like we're at war. Somebody, you know, like attacked Pearl Harbor and we're at war. That's not what's going on here. You know, this is all about regime change and about tyranny and about oil, all of those things, and, and the monetary, all these things that are going on that are clear. It's, it's about covert action. You know, the, the, the Vault 7 dump by WikiLeaks is just, you know, and, you know, those of us that have been around this or reporting this or inside of it, or, you know, I'm, an, I'm a vet and I, and, and I was involved in high security operations. I, 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 you know, but it's it's horrible to see this in black and white as easy as we are now. So I mentioned this to highlight it and, you know, go, go do your own thing. Go look at the information. Go check it out. Uh, there's places that will tell you the truth. The Intercept is a great forum for it, anti-media, mid-press news, you know, or others, the fifth column news, and, and that network is excellent at reporting the real things of the world without some kind of a political or corporate agenda or because they're owned and they're being told what to do by the people or because they sell advertising time and their advertisers want them to go this way or because they get paid by governments like Qatar to to promote them instead of telling the truth like CNN International does. You know, just things like that. But anyway, I digress. So I, I just wanted to highlight that. And, and again, thanks, Steve Hackett, for being on the show. It was a fantastic interview great man uh, obviously he's a phenomenal phenomenal musician we all we knew that before this album and this album of course just highlights that i'm going to pay a couple of bills and want to, i want to tell you a little bit about one of the organizations that i'm involved with directly because they have an event coming up in, in flint michigan in relationship to the poison water that still exists this is say hello to the solutions institute you're an activist you have a cause and an idea but you also have lots of questions. You need help. After all, teams have coaches, corporations have consultants, and even politicians have campaign managers. But who do activists turn to? The Solutions Institute. We are a collection of professionals and activists from across the political spectrum. Our goal is to teach, motivate, and put all the necessary tools for activism in your hands without charge. Learn more or submit your project at solutions-institute.org. So on, on the 26th of March, the Solutions Institute is, is involved in doing water drops in Flint, Michigan, every month. The next time will be March 26th. I'll be there for that one. It'll be my second time up there. I was up there uh, for the one for Christmas. And it's expanding. More organizations are getting involved in the problem in Flint. Eventually, the light is going to be shined so brightly that hopefully the problem will be solved. You know, and this ties into another project, another organization I'm with, with the Tax Revolution Institute. And what if the government had, what if the government had to earn your money, earn your tax dollars, 
And, you know, you might hear that and go, hmm. But go to the tax revolution, the taxrevolution.us and check that out. Check out what we're saying about that, please, in your money. It's an important, important revolution. And, and I want everybody to know about it, everybody to hear about it. Coffee Party USA, Coffee Party Radio, of course, uh, comes at you with different shows each week. Egberto Willies with Politics Done Right was good enough to give me uh, his slot today in order for me to uh, have Steve Hackett on per Steve's schedule, his busy time being on break from the tour. I really appreciate that, Egberto. And, of course, he'll, come back, he'll be back at you at 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Pacific next Saturday. And, of course, every Wednesday night we have a cup of Joe, the Human Solution International, puts on their human rights dialogue every Wednesday night at Coffee Radio, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. Great guest. Very, you know, you know i, I got to mention Cup of Joe as well because one of the great things that they do is they do, uh, besides, the, well, a couple of great things that they do, they do court support for people who are facing uh, prosecution, particularly in the world of prohibition of cannabis. But they do prisoner support and outreach. And prisoners who are actually serving time are able to call into the show in today's world, but write letters to them, keep them involved, let them know that there's a world out here that welcomes them back, keeps them with information, both to help them with their cases, to help them with with possible clemency actions, or to help them just to help them uh, educationally or whatever. And that is a really, really phenomenal thing that is done by that organization, and I'm happy to, to know them. I'm happy to be a part of some of the things that they do and the projects they do. And when you get a chance, stop by and listen to them. It's great stuff, great people who are on the show, great people who run the organization. So stop by. On Thursday, we have Lunch with Loudon, which is at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific time. Great Janine Loudon, my fellow Coffee Party board member, the beginning of the Coffee Party. And on Friday, we have a weekly constitutional and and then on Sunday morning, I take liberty with my coffee at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. I come at you every Sunday, or at least I try to as much as possible. Uh, and I'm I'm glad to have you with me. I'm so happy that you stopped by to listen to uh, me and Steve uh, talk about the world and his music. And, and you allowed me to spend your Saturday afternoon with you. Everybody have a great rest of the weekend. I've got to get back to this conference. Then I'm going to go find something to do tonight in Dallas and have some fun because, you know, there's certainly lots of fun here in Dallas if you, if you just put your mind to it. Everybody be, everybody be well. Be safe. Remember to stand up for injustice. Take care. Bobby Rodrigo from I Take Liberty with my coffee. Out.